Park Baptist Church. Good evening to y'all. How are we doing this evening? We're doing okay? Amen. If you're able to rise, we'd like for you to join us in singing a chorus of hymn 321, hymn 321, What a Mighty God We Serve. Hymn 321. What a mighty God we serve, what a mighty God we serve, angels bow before him, heaven and earth adore him, what a mighty God we serve. Hymn 321 again, 
Oh, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Now we're going to sing it one more time, but with the special ending. Amen. Here we go. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we. What a mighty God we. What a mighty God Amen. With that, we'll have a word of prayer, and then you may be seated. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're just thankful for another gathering here in, in this place of worship, Father. Father, we just ask right now, Lord, that you'll just uh, cast down imaginations and uh, any, any high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God this evening, Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray, Father, that uh, your people uh, here uh, tonight, Lord, are sanctified by thy word and that you be glorified, that we, Lord, may be better witnesses for the cause of Christ. It is in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated as we turn to hymn 165, hymn 165. If you're a born-again child of God, you can look forward to this promise when we see Christ. Amen.
You know what today is? Hump day. That's right. Well, you made it. Amen. And uh, just think, uh, Wednesday's here, but Sunday's coming. The Lord don't come back. I mean, it'd be okay if we just if He came back, right? I don't want Him to tarry. I don't think He will tarry. You know, we say that sometimes, but we really you think about that. We say, if the Lord tarry, no, He's not going to tarry. When when the Father says go get Him, He's not going to say, yeah, just a minute. No, that's tarrying. You're right. No, he's coming, and you know, and I'm I'm looking forward to that. Amen. Look, get your uh, your prayer sheets out if you would please, and and uh, while you're getting those, let me, uh, if you please, hang on to your bulletins. Okay, uh, we're gonna uh, just be sure that you uh, look in those. It's got all the information of the upcoming weeks. We're gonna start putting a. A calendar in here. We're going to put one in here hopefully by Sunday that has the November, December events in them uh, so that you'll have them. We're going to try to put a calendar out here on the bulletin board. We've already started a 2023 calendar down the hallway on the bulletin board. So for one reason, so uh, we don't have to spend five to ten minutes on announcements during during Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon worship. Amen. Uh, I'd rather take that time sing another song or take, you know, I'm, I'm willing to split the time that we use for announcements with Brother Shelton, 80-20, amen, 80 for the preaching, 20 for the singing. Now, all of y'all ought to said amen right there. So, uh, but anyway, but read your bulletins, okay? They've got all the information in there. If you have some questions, just ask. We'll be glad to help you with that. And... Uh, uh, so please read them, okay? Uh, one thing I will mention, Saturday morning, 930, soul winning, all right? So please be here ready to go for that. On your prayer sheets, let me uh, encourage you, please pray for the, the uh, Malugians. They're not feeling good, and uh, they were here Sunday, but Brother Tracy wasn't feeling well. Yes, yes. Now Miss Malore's not feeling good, and Miss uh, Leah and, and them, they're, they're not feeling good, so keep them in your prayers, and uh, that the Lord help. And then we've got some other folks that also that aren't feeling well. So keep all of our folks in prayer. Remember to keep praying for Brother Gary Lund. Uh, he's just not, uh, he's just tired. They, uh, we talked to Mary yesterday, and uh, they haven't received anything back on some tests that he's had. So please keep him uh, in your prayers well, all right? Continue to pray for Brother 
uh, Wujin as we were working on his immigration stuff. Please pray that when we send all that in, everything goes through. God raised, God raised up the judges that are sitting in those places. God raised up the people that are in charge of immigration. And that's who we're sending his stuff to. And I, let's, I would, uh, my desire is that we pray that when they see it, he'll stamp that thing, however they stamp it, and it'll all be good to go. And uh, so please pray, because Brother Wujin, he had 12 uh, Sunday uh, in their service, and so they're, they're coming. Amen. It takes work, amen, just like the bamboo tree. Right, 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 right. Amen. It may take a, a while, but if we stay the course, uh, God will honor that, and we'll see growth as a result of it. So keep him uh, in your prayers, all right? Uh, just remember all of these. Please take these prayer sheets home. Uh, if you will, and pray for all of these. Remember, Brother uh, uh, Marco and Miss Eva, uh, while they're out, uh, just please keep them uh, in your prayers as well, all right? Remember Sunday, one other thing, we'll, uh, this is our last Sunday for Faith Promise on the, for the uh, year. Uh, we're uh, we're going to be right at $100,000 this year for Faith Promise Missions. Uh, and our, we, uh, our weekly... Um, Faith promise has increased, and you say, how much is it? I'll let you know, okay? First Sunday in April, we're going to get all, we're going to disseminate that all at once, amen? So uh, you don't want to, it's going to be up here, it'll be in your bulletin, uh, and I'm excited about it because God's good, amen? And uh, so please continue to pray about that as well. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer and pray for our, our these that are on our list, and again, remember our offering and and also the rest of our week dear father we thank you lord for this day uh i'm thankful lord that you love us and that you care for us i'm thankful god tonight that uh lord that you watch over us and uh god that you are uh, concerned about our daily activities and lord those that are sick even today i pray for them that lord that you would be with them lord i think of the uh, malugians lord we pray for them and and lord also for miss leah and their family and i think of brother uh, Peter, big nail, Lord, who their family's uh, not doing well, so we lift them up in prayer. And, and uh, God, there's many, Lord, that uh, just haven't felt very good these last few weeks, and so we pray for them. And we ask you, dear God, to please uh, reach down, Lord, your all-healing hand uh, upon them. And, Lord, that they will be ready to come and worship you, Lord, this coming Sunday. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd just speak, uh, uh, touch their bodies, Lord, and and help them. Lord, we also pray for Brother Marco as they're out. We pray that you'd watch over them, help them to have a restful time, Lord, and be ready to be back and, and uh, Lord, to serve you. Lord, here in this place, we pray, God, that your hand to be upon them. Lord, we also pray, God, for, uh, Lord, our missionaries. We're still, we're coming uh, through our missions emphasis month, and uh, I'm reminded of Brother Ward as he gets ready to go back to Croatia. Lord, we pray for him and your blessings upon that ministry. Uh, Lord, we also pray for the Millers, God, that you'd be with them, Lord, in their ministry. Uh, Lord, I pray for Brother Paul Sharon, Lord, as, as a church planter, that God, that you would be with him and, and the church there in Italy. God, we lift them up in prayer as well. And Lord, we pray, God, for just all of our folks. It was good to see Rodrigo here Sunday, uh, Lord, and uh, the way you've raised him up, Lord, even after the, uh, the things that he's been through. Lord, we pray for him, ask you con uh, to continue to be with him. Lord, we lift up Miss Erica, God, who's uh, going through radiation even now, Lord. So we pray for her. 
And, uh, God, that you'd give her strength and healing. Uh, Lord, we just thank you, God, for uh, our people. Thank you, God, for the way you watch over us. Thank you, Lord, for, uh, God, those that are here tonight and their faithfulness. We pray that you would add your hand of favor to them and blessings, God, for their faithfulness, Lord. And, and God, as we come before you, I pray, God, that you'd bless this offering. And, Lord, we praise you. Bless the gift and the giver. Help us, God, to uh, be good stewards of it, Lord, and be wise about it. Lord, always seek your face on on uh, what you would have us to do with it, Lord. And, uh, God, that uh, you might be honored and you might be glorified. And, and, Lord, that the ministry of this church might move forward and we might see souls saved, uh, folks baptized and added to this church. And, God, we give you praise for it. So, Lord, bless and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. just a tremendous blessing. <laughs> if you're able to rise, we'd like for you to join us in this last hymn, hymn 419. And after this, please take the uh, opportunity to greet each other for a moment as we prepare our hearts for tonight's uh, message. Hymn 419, hymn 419, Marching in Zion, hymn 419. Sing along. Come we
Let's sing that chorus one more time. I saw a couple of you not smiling. Now, if you're a born-again child of God, you ought to be excited about going up with the Zion. Amen? So let's sing that chorus one more time. We're marching to Zion with a smile. We're marching to Zion. Daniel chapter 6. While you're turning, have somebody like to give a testimony? Hey, look, there's where where y'all saw sitting? I asked that, and then everybody starts sitting back down. Oh, look, Brother Aaron's still up, Brother Charles, Brother Brother Eric. Somebody want to give a testimony? I mean, you're already standing up. Some of y'all are standing up. Go ahead, Kevin. Amen. Amen. Brother Big Nell, go ahead. Yeah, amen. Amen. Yeah, right, right. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Big Nell. Very good. How, how about another one? Go ahead, would you? Amen. Amen. Yep. Yep. Amen. Amen. Somebody else? Go ahead, Miss Brenda. God is so wonderful. I can't even begin to. Right. Yeah. Amen. Right. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Miss Brenda. Go ahead, Brother Clark. Uh, yes. Somebody else wants to give a test. We'll go one more. Have one more. Go ahead, Miss Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Amen. Amen. And all God's people can say, Amen. "That's a good way to start a Bible study." Amen. Amen. Daniel chapter six. Daniel chapter 6, if you find your place, if you would please, if you're able, stand in honor of reading the Word of God. We're going to start in verse 10. 
And uh, we'll read down through verse 17, all right? Everybody find your place, amen. amen. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in, uh, in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any god or man within 30 days save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? And the king answered and said, The thing is true according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said uh, before the king, that Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, uh, but maketh his petition three times a day. When the king, or excuse me, then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him, and he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, King, or excuse me, know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree nor statue which the king establisheth may be changed. Then the king commanded that they, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. We'll just leave off reading there. Lord, I pray God that you'd help us. And again, help me to rightly divide your word of truth. Help me, Lord, to stay in the confines and context of, of the scripture that we study. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would help us to, uh, and challenge us, Lord, to be the kind of Christians that you would have us to be. Lord, help us and bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, we're not going to get as far as we read, but we'll get a good start on it, okay? Last week, we talked about how Darius was, remember, God for a month. 30 days, they made the decree uh, after the presidents and princes. You remember they appeared to Darius in a, a sense of pride and, and by introducing a decree that commanded for everyone to only pray to him for the 30 days. And when this took place, we were going to see the calmness of Daniel, a, a man who'd been serving God all along. And, and by the way, you and I can have that same calmness uh, in a world filled with turmoil today. Uh, if, but we got to do it the way Daniel did it. Uh, he had he'd been trusting God all through his life, and we can almost see him as he goes to his upstairs room in his house, this uh, chamber, if you will. He, he had always done this. I can, when you see him going up, getting ready to pray, I can almost hear him singing some of the Hebrew songs or uh, some of the hymns that they perhaps had sung back in those days as he prepares to pray. And I got to thinking, you know, if we live for the Lord when we're young we, and purpose in our hearts to live for Him, then, you know, when we get older, serving Him is going to be a whole lot sweeter uh, because we've made those decisions when we were young. Uh, and, and we don't have to panic. You know, even today, we, you look around, we see a lot of people in a panic. Uh, we see a lot of people that, that are afraid, but we don't have to be that way. We don't have to do that, and we'll see this through... Uh, through the faithfulness of, of Daniel. So the first thing I want you to see is uh, the faithfulness of what I've called his consecration. Now, consecration is a, uh, a big word, if you will, and it simply means the solemn dedication 
to a special purpose. Daniel was dedicated to a special person, and that person was God himself. He was consecrated to him. He was dedicated to God. And if you remember, we talked about how Daniel, at this point in his life, he's probably an older gentleman. He's probably in his late 80s he's, or in his early 90s. But just because he's older does not mean he is immune or that he will not be tested regarding his devotion to God. Listen, the devil will never stop testing our devotion to God, period. And we can all say amen. Uh, but the question I asked, was his consecration a matter of convenient circumstances? I mean, all these years, had it been pretty easy for him to, to pray three times a day and be devoted and committed to God? Or was it a matter of choice, regardless of circumstances? Most folks will fall into the former, where it was easy and convenient. Listen, serving God, worshiping God, never going to be easy, right. never going to be convenient. Yep. There's always going to be, I mean, after all, we're busy. Yep. Amen. I mean, aren't y'all busy? Amen. We're all busy. Uh, but Daniel demonstrated exceptional, watch this, exceptional faithfulness in his consecration or his devotion to God. Look in verse 10. We notice that there was a challenge to his faithfulness, and the challenge for his faithfulness in his consecration came uh, when he became aware of the decree. Look where it says in verse 10. Now when Daniel, look at the next word. What does it say? When he knew. I mean, that's when he was tested, when he knew. It was a strong test to see if he was going to be faithful in his devotion to God in his praying. Or it was going to be a test if he would give in and compromise in order to protect himself. I mean, there's a lot at stake here. And he knew what the decree said. He's a, an official in the government. He knew. Now, he could have said something like, well, you know, 30 days isn't that long. I've been praying all my life. I'm pretty prayed up. I mean, I've got some storehouse of prayers over here that have been really, that I've put over here in my storehouse of prayer. They've built up. And, and you know, I can lay off for 30 days and, and I can start back when this thing's over. Now, he could have said that. Could he not? Sure, he could have said that. He could have said, well, you know, I know they said you can't pray for 30 days, and uh, I've always prayed with my window open, but you know what? I can close my window, and I can uh, pray where, in secret where nobody can really see me, and I can still carry on my prayer time. I don't have to pray with my window open. Um, he even could have said, you know, I can just go up there and sit in front of my window and just kind of pray in silence. I don't have to pray out loud. I mean, these are all different, and you can ask yourself all those questions, uh, but he was tested to see. And you know, folks, listen, the devil do me and you the same way. Because, again, our serving and our consecration to God's not always going to be easy. Uh, notice the consistency that we find in, in verse 10. Now watch this. Faithfulness is consistency. Remember, I've said this and I'll say it again. It, it, how many days are in a year? 365. So what if I came and, and I told my wife, "Hun, I just want you to know I've had a good year. I've been faithful to you 364 days this year. 
I mean, that's pretty good. That's 99.5%. I mean, I have really put, I've really been, wait a minute. Is that faithfulness? Absolutely not. Faithfulness is consistency. Okay? And notice here in verse 10 what took place when Daniel knew that the decree had been signed. Notice what it says. It says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, what did he do? Read it. He went into his house. Yep. Now he, did he think, do you think he said, you know what, man, I know they signed that decree. I'm going to go and show them that, bless God, I am not afraid of them and I'm going to pray. No, wait a minute. I don't believe he did that at all. I don't think he had that kind of attitude. I don't think it was uh, one of those kind of things. Well, I'm going to go up here and I'm going to swing my window open and I'm going to pray and I'm going to pray louder than I've ever prayed before and I'm going to show them that I'm not. No, I don't think he did that at all. No, you say, how do you know? Look what it says. It says, and, and he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem and he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before God. Look at the last words. What did he say? As he did a four time. I think he did it just like he had always done it. Uh, when the decree was signed, I think he perhaps it came time for him to leave his office, if you will, and, and it was the same time as it had been every day. And you know what he was going to do? He was going to go right back to his place of prayer in his chamber with his windows open, just like he had always done, and he was going to pray. And he did that. Listen, he, he did that because, you know what? It was time to pray. He did that just like he had always done. In fact, watch this, he went to the same place that he had always went to. He didn't change because of the decree. He knew, I mean, it was his special place. Doesn't God tell us in Scripture that we need to go into our prayer closet and pray? You know what that is for you and I? Listen, our, my prayer closet may be a different place than yours. But it's a place that, that God has, that I can get along with God and I know it's just me and him. That's what Daniel's doing. He went to the same place he had always gone. It was a special place, his special place where he could meet with God. It was a designated place. Amen. I think about it. And, and, and I just underlined this. It says, uh, may I say that this place where we're gathered tonight is a special place? And it's a designated place where God's people can come together and meet with God. I mean, amen, I'm glad we have this place. Amen. Daniel had been meeting with God these three times a day in this place for years. And he's not going to move his time with God simply because there was a decree made. And he's not going to change anything just to please a man. Amen. It was a place of priority. Remember, Daniel was busy. He was a, a high-ranking official in the government. But he didn't allow this business to, or this decree to affect his time with God. Listen, and, and I just, it, it, it's his, his special place. Yep. And, and listen, faithful consecration means that our spiritual life must take priority in our public life. In our, I mean, in everything, in our life period. Uh, I don't, I heard a, a I'm not going to say his name, but I remember somebody that was a high-ranking official said that, listen, what I do in my public life doesn't, or what I do in my private life doesn't interfere or have any kind of uh, uh, consequences of what I do in my public life. Oh, that's absolutely wrong. 
Listen, what you do in your uh, private life will absolutely have, have a, a consequence on what you do in your public life. Yeah. It will affect you. Um, Daniel, he stays and he does the same thing over. And watch this. Faithful consecration, let me say it again, means that our spiritual life must take priority in all our life. And far too many times people try to squeeze God into their schedule. You know, I mean, do we not? Well, God, you know, I'm going to try to squeeze you in this week. I'm pretty busy, but, you know, I'm going to try to make it on Wednesday night. Wait a minute. Isn't it, shouldn't it be the other way around? Shouldn't we try to squeeze our, our, our daily life into God's time? I mean, because it doesn't, it doesn't all the time belong to God anyway. Uh, doesn't he, isn't he the one that holds our breath in his very hands? Isn't he the one that gives us the ability to do what we do? Then I think we need to, instead of trying to squeeze him into our plans, we need to try to make sure that we, you know, squeeze uh, our stuff into his plans. And if it's okay with him, then we'll go ahead and do that. Amen. Y'all say amen. Go on. Notice it was not only a place of priority, but it was a public prayer. It says, in the window being opened. Now, Daniel didn't open the window to be seen of men. Uh, he opened it for a reason. He, he had opened it in order to look toward Jerusalem. Uh, praying toward Jerusalem showed his faith in God about the promises uh, for Israel and his desire for their fulfillment. In fact, if in Solomon's temple dedication prayer, if you go and read that, he talked about how praying to Jehovah God, listen, toward the city which thou hast chosen, and that was the city of Jerusalem. So Solomon even talked about that. Jonah talked about it in Jonah chapter 2 and verse 4 and said, I will look again toward the holy temple. So it was a God thing for them to pray toward Jerusalem. And you know, when I got to thinking about that, I thought, where do you think our friends down the street got the idea to pray toward Mecca? Well, I think they copied something out of the Word of God. If it was a place of prominence, I think that they turned that way. Well, listen, God's children had been doing that a long time before they ever come along. Amen. Y'all go ahead and say amen. So uh, here's Daniel. He's praying toward Jerusalem. And he's doing it just like he always did. He's praying with his window open, looking toward Jerusalem. Uh, and he's doing it outwardly. Uh, he didn't all of a sudden become a secret disciple. Listen, he stayed the course and did as he had always done. Uh, you know, sometimes if we're not careful, when circumstances and the heat gets turned up a little bit, we become secret Christians. Yeah. Undercover. Yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm an undercover Christian. Yeah, amen. Um, uh, you remember what Paul said? He said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Amen. amen. Matthew chapter 10, verse 32 and verse 33. I think this is a, you'll recognize it once I read it. Uh, we're talking about being a, uh, an undercover Christian or a secret Christian and how Daniel was not that. But the Bible says, whosoever therefore shall confess me before men. Him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Listen, Daniel prayed with his window open and he prayed a public prayer. 
Uh, I think we need some Christians like that. We don't have to be mean-spirited or in-your-face kind of people or abrasive or any of those kinds of things. But listen, we can still uh, be who we are and people, uh, and people recognize who we are. And all God, we, we can all say amen. And we can let people know that we're a born-again child of God. When, uh, you know, I was talking to someone the other day, and, and, they, and they went somewhere, and they said, well, I told them they were started doing this, and they, and they said, well, I told them I couldn't do that. And, uh, and, and I said, did you tell them why? And they said, no, I just told them that I couldn't do it. I said, why not? Listen, if, we, if the world tries to get us to do something that, that we ought not be doing, tell them why. We don't have to get up and preach a five-minute you know, sermon or give them some kind of a dissertation on why, but all we have to do is say, listen, I'm not going to do that because I'm a born-again child of God and I, and I don't want to dishonor my Father in heaven. Amen. I don't want to hurt God's feelings. Right. Uh, and we can do that. And, and you know what? You probably won't have to worry about them asking you to do it anymore. Yep. Amen. Well, Daniel was public in his prayer, but notice what he did. He said he... When he went into his chamber and opened the window, look, look what he did. It says he opened, uh, he opened his chamber toward Jerusalem. He did what? He kneeled on his knees. Now, when I was thinking about this, I thought, you know, posture is not sacred. Okay? Um, but it demonstrates devotion to God. Okay? Posture is not dictated in the Bible, but the Bible does give us several examples of kneeling in prayer, okay? For example, Luke chapter 22 and verse 41, the Bible teaches us that Christ, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he kneeled in prayer. In Acts chapter 7 and verse 60, uh, Stephen kneeled in prayer just before he died when they were stoning the life out of him. Peter kneeled in prayer when confronted with the death of Dorcas. Paul kneeled in prayer with the saints in Tyree who were gathered at the shore to bid him farewell. Paul also kneeled in prayer with the Ephesian elders. Now, it's not necessary to kneel in prayer, but it shows devotion and respect to a holy and a righteous God to do so. Amen. Amen. Now, some folks aren't able to kneel. But if some folks aren't able to kneel, they, God knows their heart. They can kneel in their heart and pray. I mean, I have folks, listen, if you can't kneel at the altar, come and sit on the pew. That's okay. Why? Because God knows our heart. But it shows a, a respect and, and, and it shows a devotion to God in our posture in prayer. Listen, we have forgotten today about a lot of times in prayer, we come to the place where you know we want to do all this and uh, listen wait a minute yeah. we got to understand what our heart is and and if we come before anytime you see somebody come before the lord and they and the lord appears to them you know what happens that they fall on their face before god yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've come to the place where we don't see a lot of that anymore but daniel he comes in and he kneels uh, he had never been a secret disciple. He's always going to uh, pray out loud. He's always going to pray with his window open. And, he, and he's not going to start uh, being a secret kind of person just because of the decree. No, notice something else. That Daniel knew the importance of prayer. I mean, he, he desired to pray. He desired to spend time with God. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, he spent three times a day praying. Yeah. And I, I really think when he went that, uh, that he stayed a while. 
I don't think you, listen, um, sometimes if, if we get in a hurry when we're praying, and we all know, we all get in a hurry. I mean, there's things that going on, and there's things happening, there's things to do, places to go, people to see kind of thing, and, 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 and again, we come to that place where we want to squeeze God into our prayer time. Now, wait a minute. Listen, I don't think Daniel did that. I, let, he spent some time with God, and there needs to be a, a prayer time for me and you where we really come and we stay and, and, and pray and talk to God and talk to him until he talks to us. Amen. And we need to allow him time to speak back to us. You say, oh, does he talk to you? Absolutely, he talks to me. When I get through praying, the first, my first prayer when, in my devotion is, Lord, forgive me of my sin yeah. and please fill me with your spirit and help me to understand what I'm about to read. And, and if I read something, give me something. I'm, I need something today to help me get through my day. And I go and I begin to read. And then when I get through and I write in my Bible and, and I wrote in there this morning some stuff that I was thinking about. And, and then when I got through reading my Bible, then you know what? I, I spent some time talking to God yeah. and talking to him and praying for you, praying for a lot of other things. And then when I got through, I went back and I let him talk to me a little bit more. You know, you say, why do you do that? Because I might have missed something. Right. You say, well, listen, and, and, and I try not to get, now the devil gets after me and gets, you know, are y'all, A, what you got, ADD? Yeah. Man, I am. All you got to do is look around my house. I mean, I've got, I've got some projects around the house that are like 75%. They look good, and if you saw it, it'd look good to you. But listen, you know what? It's not quite there yet. And I walk by it every day, and I'm thinking, man, I need to get that done. And you know what? That's the way the old devil does. He appeals to this old flesh, and he tries to get us to get up and get started. But listen, we may get up just before God begins to really give us something special. Daniel, I think he, he prayed uh, with, with passion. A decree from civil government, watch this, would not make him diminish his prayer time, uh, so he continued to pray. Now notice, uh, let me give this verse, Psalm 55, verse 17. Three times a day Daniel prayed. You say, where did he get that? Well, I don't know, but the psalm is penned in this verse. It says, evening, morning, and at noon will I pray. And I believe you understand that Satan is extremely crafty. Yeah. Is he not? Yeah. He's got to be. I mean, he calls one-third of all that. Me and my wife's talking about this the other day. Uh, you realize how deceitful and crafty he is if he can cause a third of the angels of God that have been in the presence of God for uh, no telling how long, uh, the angels that knew God personally. I mean, I don't even know how. I mean, how many is a third? I believe that the angels of God are probably as, as innumerable as the stars. Now, that's just what I think. Yet Satan is so crafty and deceitful, he got a third of them to believe him and follow when he left heaven or when he got sent out. Um, he does the same thing to me and you. He'll do anything within his power to stop your consecration to the Lord. He doesn't want you to be consecrated. He doesn't want you to be devoted. But he's not going to try to make you stop all at once. Y'all follow me? Yeah, getting awful quiet. 
Um, he wants you to stop, but he's, he's smart enough to try to, to not say, just to cut it off right here, right now. No, he don't want to do that. He'll try to get you to uh, decrease your spiritual efforts a little bit at a time. Because if he tries to get you to stop all at once, I think most Christians, no matter where they are in their spiritual walk or in their relationship with God, I think they're smart enough to recognize that the devil's trying to get them to stop if he tries to get them to do it all at once. I think we're wise enough to where we'll recognize him so he doesn't do that. Little at a time. Um, maybe he'll start trying to get you to miss, I don't know, a Wednesday night. I mean, it's just a Wednesday. It's not the first day of the week. And God says, you know, let every man lay by him and store up on the first day of the week. He tells us on the first day of the week that we're to come together. So Wednesday night, you know, that's just hump day service. That's just something to kind of keep us recharged and really keep us going to get us ready for Sunday. So maybe he'll get us to miss on Wednesday. Or maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe he'll try to, and I'll talk to the men first, maybe he'll try to get us to, I don't stop on a, for soul winning on Saturday morning. I mean, that's kind of extra. You know, that's not worship, Right? Don't get quiet on me, okay? <laughs> uh, or maybe, let's, let's not pick on those things. Let's just, maybe uh, he'll get you to stop uh, prayer breakfast. Yeah, I mean, after all, that's just breakfast. You know, I mean, that's not really worship. It's not soul winning. It's just breakfast. We're just eating. I mean, so it's okay to miss that, right? Maybe a Bible study. You see, but once we do one of those, once we miss maybe on prayer breakfast, maybe we miss, I don't know, since prayer breakfast and soul winning is right together, it's okay to miss that, you know, for once. Are y'all, are y'all still here? And then maybe then it'll go into a, a Wednesday. And then we do really good, and, and then maybe we miss just a Wednesday or maybe, a, I don't know. It's, it's, see, the devil don't pick on Sunday morning right off. Maybe Sunday afternoon. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, it's easier to miss this next one. You say, well, that don't really affect me. Oh, yes, it does. Because once we start missing somewhere, then you see it's progressive. It gets easier the next time. And, and then we, remember I talked about how last week that how we Christians have gotten really crafty and clever at making um, uh, excuses on why we can't be where we need to be. In Jesus' name. Amen. I mean, uh, listen, that's what we do. You know why? Because the old devil's crafty. Uh, I think... The, the devil trying to get after Daniel, but da Daniel knows. You know how he knows? Because he's stayed close to God. He's had a relationship with him for years. He's prayed three times a day. And he went to the same place where he's always went. He got down on his knees the way he always did. And look at what the Bible says. He offered the same praise. It says, and gave thanks before his God. He didn't stop praising God because the circumstances changed. 
He didn't stop praising God because circumstances got bad. And, and, and it says he knew about the decree. And he didn't stop praying simply because he knew that there was a lion's den waiting for him down the road if, if, if he prayed before his God. Now listen, thanking God in the midst of trials is a real mark of consecration. It's a mark of devotion. To thank God when trials threaten to destroy you, listen, that's real faith. Uh, that, that's where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. Daniel was threatened with the lion's den, but he kept praying, and he continued praising God. because That's what it says, he gave thanks. I mean, he had a lot to be thankful for. Don't you and I, in the midst of our trials and the things that we face every day, do we still not have things that we can praise and thank him for? And it says, and gave supplication. He was praying for other people, other things. I, I would imagine that Daniel perhaps could, was probably even praying for Darius. I mean, but he kept praying. I mean, do you realize that if we don't thank God for our present blessings, that it, it, it will have a, uh, an impact on our future blessings? Yep. Uh, because an ungrateful heart, let me say, read this, an ungrateful heart will produce an unfruitful prayer life. Yeah. But notice what happens. We'll keep going. The foes of Daniel's consecration. Let me put my glasses on. I wrote something here. I can't read it. Oh, yeah. There, there'll be a lot of enemies to your consecration to God, but the biggest enemy that you'll face for your devotion and consecration to God. You know who it is? Self. Me. You. Consecration to God is not popular, and it won't make you the favorite either. Uh, sometimes it'll be hard on the flesh when you say no to the flesh, but it's always right. Uh, uh, like Daniel, you're more likely to face animosity for your consecration more than a than a pat on the back. You know, there's not many times uh, that you get a pat on the back, but God will give you something every once in a while that'll really uh, help you. It'll really be a blessing. I was uh, went to uh, this church expo thing with uh, Brother Elias yesterday, and and uh, we down at the K Bailey Hutchison thing. I, I'd never been down there. And it was, I don't, it cost so much to park, we Ubered. And I said, we'll just pay for one way back, you know, and we'll just go get out right there. And so we got in this car, and we're talking to this guy, and we're going on. And, and uh, this guy, we, we're in the car, and we're driving, we're about halfway there. And, and this guy says, uh, you're a preacher, aren't you? And I, you know, and I said, yes, sir, I am, I'm, I've been here 23 years, blah, blah, blah. And then we went on a conversation. You know, we're talking about all kinds of stuff. I'm asking him where he's from and all this kind of stuff. And, and then I said, wait a minute. You know, a little time went by. And, you know, it, sometimes it takes me a little bit for the wheels to kind of catch. And I said, wait a minute. I said, uh, you asked me a minute ago. Let me go back. I said, you asked me a minute ago if I was a preacher. I said, how did you know that? What made you ask that question? How did you know I was a preacher? He said, your spirit. And I thought, man, and I just, you know, in my mind, I'm just, well, praise the Lord. I'm telling you, sometimes you, the, 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 the world will give you things and, and you don't have a clue. But listen, God does that for you to help you. Amen. And listen, that's the way the world needs to see you and me. There just needs to be something in us that's different that they can pick you out of a crowd. 
You don't, and you don't have to be a preacher to get that. Amen. They can say, listen, you're a Christian, aren't you? Yeah, how do you know? Because you're spirit. Amen. Man, because of the way you conduct yourself. Man, listen, Daniel, because of that, he had his enemies. And, and, and he didn't get the pat on the back. In fact, his consecration revealed his enemies. Notice what it says, they assembled. I've got about five minutes. I've got to hurry. I'm almost done. I've got about 20 minutes to cram into 10. Daniel's enemies knew his devotional habits. We talked about this last week, and so they knew exactly when and where he would be. When Daniel was faced with the choice to pray or not to pray, it wasn't difficult for him because he knew that God had always taken care of him. It wasn't a difficult choice for him to make because he knew that God had always met his needs. He knew that the law of God was higher than the law of man, so he obeyed God. So he refused to compromise his integrity and he refused to compromise his commitment to God and he went and done just exactly like he had always done. And they knew right where he would be just like Judas knew where the Lord would be. Look in John chapter 18 and verse 2. John chapter 18 and verse 2. It says, And Judas also, which betrayed him. Look at the next three words. Knew the place. Yep. He knew where the Lord would be and when he would be there. And the Lord was there praying. Listen, these men used their knowledge of Daniel's excellent spirit and his excellent prayer habits against him to bring evil on him, just like Judas did to the Lord. Listen, evil is diligent. Evil is prompt. Evil runs and not walks when it's ready to do its evil deed. Amen. In fact, think about this. Evil, listen, evil oftentimes gets ahead of righteousness. You know why? Because the righteous procrastinate to do righteousness. And so evil gets a head start. Listen, don't you think it's time for righteous people to get a jump on evil? You say, well, how do we do that? Quit procrastinating. When it's time to do the right thing, guess what? Jump to it. My wife says things all the time. Well, I'm going to jump up and go over here. I say, listen, well, don't jump and run. Just take the car. You know, I mean, but you know, when we think about it, we ought to to jump to it when it comes time to do something for God. And and Daniel here, listen, he is... He is doing the same thing, but here's these evil guys. They, they have assembled together, and they're ready to do their evil deed. And notice when we, we talked about assembled the other day in this place, it means to be turbulent. It means to be disorderly. And this evil assembly, I don't believe they showed a courtesy or good manners to Daniel. If you ever notice about people that are evil and wicked and doing the wrong things, listen, they're not very respectful of other people's stuff. I think when they went after to Daniel's house, they trampled on his lawn. I think they kicked over his flowers, tore up his shrubs. And I think they caused all kinds of commotion when they got there. Because, listen, these men, listen, one thing about evil, it wants to be seen. It wants to be noticed. 
And these guys, they're out there on the lawn. And, and listen, they're, they're not in the habit of doing the right thing or showing respect for other people's property. And they're here and they're causing a great commotion. And that word assembled, again, it means to be turbulent. It means to be disorderly. And look in verse 11. They're out here, and they're out here causing all kinds of a turmoil. I think they're loud. They're down at the door, and they're fixing to come in. Listen, Daniel's got his window open praying. They're probably right down to the, at, the, at, at the bottom there, and they're making noises. They're talking. They're kicking stuff. Yeah, we're going to go show Daniel. We're going to have him. We're going to do away with him. But notice what it says in verse 11. Then these men assembled and what? Three words. What was he doing? Oh. You mean he didn't, he wasn't up there going, oh man. Oh no, they're down there. They're coming after me. I'm going to the lion. No, absolutely not. He's praying. When I got to thinking about this, listen, I thought, listen, these guys didn't come to him for inspiration. They didn't come to him for spiritual counsel. They came to get the evidence that they needed to accuse him before the king and get him thrown into the lion's den. And it's like folks sometimes coming to worship. They got, listen, when we come to worship, we ought to come for the right reason, to hear from God and allow him to speak to our hearts. Amen. Amen. The motivation of these men was evil. These guys were no doubt making all kinds of, of, of noise, as we said. But listen, they found Daniel praying, the Bible says, and making supplication before his God. They didn't bother him a bit. When, you're, when, you're a parent, when you were a parent, when your kids were home little, and you were really tuned in to a, maybe a football game or whatever it is you watched on TV, and your kids are over here and they're fussing and they're having a big time, I mean, they're just going at it. And you know what? And, and you know what we is? We've all done it. We're sitting there. They're over here playing. We're going. I mean, we're glued to that television. And then the wife or somebody comes in and says, hey, aren't you going to do something about them? And you know what? And we go, what? Oh, yeah, hey. You know, we are so tuned in to this that we have tuned out everything else. And we, I can get an amen. We've all done that. Listen, I believe that Daniel is so tuned in to his time with God and he is so focused on him that he has tuned out everything else. Amen. You say, how do you know? Well, look, they've assembled. They're causing all kinds of disorderly conduct. Yet when they come in, they find him praying. Amen. He's so tuned in to God that nothing else is going to bother him. You know, isn't that the way we ought to be? I mean, uh, shouldn't we be so tuned in to to what God is doing in our life and so dedicated and committed to Him that regardless of what's going on around us, that we're not going to let anything bother us and rob us of our peace and our joy. You know what? We have to give our joy away. We have to give our peace away. We have to allow people to take it. Daniel didn't. Listen, he had plenty of peace and he had plenty of joy and he was tuned into God. Look in Isaiah Chapter 26 and verse 3. It's my desire, and I wrote this down, to be able to tune out the world and stay tuned into God. And, and we can all do it. Huh? You say, even that? Today? Absolutely. God's word says in Isaiah 26, 3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace 
whose mind is stayed on thee. Why? Because he trusteth in thee. That's the answer. Yep. I mean, uh, this old society we live in, man, it's, it's in a turmoil. Now, we can either stay, you know, I, I, I don't watch, if I watch the news, I turned it on the other day, and, and I was sitting down, and, I, and next thing you know, I'm up. And I'm walking, and I'm going, and, and Sherry, she's in there doing laundry, and I'm going, hey, did you, not, did you hear that? Did you hear what they said? I can't believe that they said that. I can't believe that they're doing that. And then I caught myself. Yeah. And I went in and told her, I said, that's why I don't watch the news. <laughs> I mean, you know why? Because it gets my focus off of, what, of, my, of what, my relationship with God and what God wants me to do. Uh, I spent five minutes moaning and groaning and murmuring and complaining for something that I, had, I couldn't change a, a, a bit. But I, I could have spent five minutes, you know, talking to the Lord a little bit. And, and I've had people say, well, isn't that the kind of a holier-than-thou attitude? No. No. I just want to be close to the Lord. Uh, because when... People come, and they will come somehow, some way. They will assemble somehow, some way against you and against your relationship with God simply because um, you have an excellent spirit in you, and the devil hates it. And he'll, he's going to try to do anything that he can to destroy it, and he'll send people to do it, uh, just like he sent these men. And they went. And, but you know what Daniel did? He just went on about his business. Um, I would have, in my mind, I, I'm thinking that he's so he's praying, and he's there kneeling at his window, and he's so tuned in to God. They went up there and they're going, "Hey, we're in here to get you. Hey, can't, hey, pay attention to us. Yeah. We come to have you thrown into the lion's den." Oh wait a minute, when did you get here? Yeah. What? You know what? Uh, can't we do the same? You know, when we come here to this place, we ought to really get tuned into God. And we, not ought, we ought to put out things that when you leave, they're, they're going to come back into your mind and, 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 and attack your thoughts and your heart. But it, while we're here in our secret place, in our special place, let's let God speak to us. Let's, live, let's give God an hour. Let's give him an hour and four minutes. And, and just make this time special. Because God will give you something. And then when it does come, listen, I'm telling you, you'll be going, what, what? Wait a minute, you know? And he whose mind has stayed on him will have perfect peace because you trust in him. You know, just like Miss Brenda said a while ago. Well, if it don't, God's got it. If it don't work out this way, then, you know, God took care of it then. He'll take care of it now. And, and we can all say amen. Father, help us. Help us to stay tuned in to you, Lord, and close to you. And Lord, if we'll do that, and, and we'll make the time that we spend with you special, Lord, in our, our special place, our, our prayer closet, and uh, God, not get in a hurry. Or, and, and Lord, just uh, allow you to speak to us, Lord, in our prayer and supplication. 
God, the things of this old world, Lord, just won't bother us. So, Lord, I pray that you'd help us. May we, Lord, uh, when circumstances change and things attack our lives and, our, and trouble our hearts and our thoughts, God, may we just lean on you and, and just know that, God, that you're going to take care of everything. And we're going to see all this, Lord, uh, in Daniel as we continue our study. Lord, if you don't come back before next Wednesday, God, we're going to talk about that. But, Lord, but now, uh, here in this place and this time, Lord, may we allow you to speak to our hearts and and God, if there's something that's troubling us, Lord, or maybe something that we're facing, God, that's robbed us of our peace, may we come and, and lay it at your feet, Lord. You said cast all our care upon you, all our burdens on you, Lord, because you care for us. May we do that tonight, Lord, and allow you to carry our burdens because you care, and we give you praise in Jesus' name, amen. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if the Lord's speaking to your heart about something, if you want to just come and pray, then, then you come just for a moment.